As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 230 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly. And Andy, as of today, this very moment, uh, Tyro Estrada has played 230 games for the Giants. Um, This offer will not be valid tomorrow, so get your 230 uh, t-shirts now. Ooh, and Tyro Estrada has played a very fine 230 games. In fact, I'm sure the New York Yankees would very much like to have those 230 games back, especially for, uh, what was it, sweet, nourishing cash considerations they got them for? Or sweet, I, I sweet forget. cash. It, yeah, well, the Yankees. It was sweet, sweet they, cash. They need cash. They're, they're a little strapped. They, they do. They're so cash-strapped. They really are. It's, it's just a struggle every year over there. So... Yeah, hopefully they're enjoying that cash. Pray for the Yankees. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess usually I segue by saying we're not here to talk about, but I guess we kind of are here to talk about Tyro Estrada. But in a way, we're not because Tyro Estrada is not the problem. Uh, we're kind of here to talk about the problems and the Giants have problems. They're not doing so hot. Andy, fix them. <laughs> yes, let's let's fix them. Blow by blow. Let's fix the entire team. Um <laughs> You know, it, it's funny. It's it's a weird team because, like you said, you can point to a lot of different elements of this team uh, that are, you know, doing what they thought they would do or, or better. You know, Lamont Wade Jr. is getting on base better than anybody in Major League Baseball. Tyro Estrada has been uh, pretty much the most valuable second baseman in baseball. Um, Casey Schmidt comes up and he hits a homer in his first game and gets six hits in his first three games and throws a ball harder than any infielder has thrown all year. And also, by the way, is pretty good at sprint speed, uh, turns out, which not many Giants are. Uh, I mean, all these things are good. They're good, good things that have happened. Uh, Logan Webb looks fantastic. Um, Alex Cobb looks fantastic. Uh, they have guys who could be on the all-star team, but it just hasn't added up to series wins. And uh, 
they, they, they find a way to rattle off one game, but they, they let another one slip away and then they get blown out in the third one. It just seems like that's, that's the story of every series. You know, lose a close one, win a close one, get blown out, lose two out of three. And, uh, you know, they went up to the Diamondbacks and, and, and basically played, you know, games that they could have won every single time. And, uh, and they come away with, with another series loss. So, I mean, that's, that's a steady march toward being a bad team. And, you know, right now the Giants are not a good baseball team. But the components, a lot of the components, when you break them down, you know, are pretty positive. I know. I just filed a story where I wrote a lot about this and why are they so bad? What's going on? And really, you can point to they have different problems, whether it's injuries or bullpen, blah, blah, blah. But you can point to one single problem insofar as they signed five free agents to fairly substantial deals. Uh, they're spending $55 million on Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, Taylor Rogers, Michael Conforto and Mitch Hanniger. And they are receiving not just zero production, but negative production from them. All of them have wars that are negative. Uh, they have combined for a negative two war. And it, I think reasonable expectations before the season is that a quarter of the way through the season, these five players would combine for five combined war. And so that's a seven win swing. And if you give the Giants seven wins, they're near the top of the NLS. They're contending. They're doing all the things uh, that they wanted to do. It's those five players. They are whiffing on all five free agents so far. And that's like the entire difference in the expectations uh, between the preseason expectations and, and the, the quarter season reality. Yeah. And, you know, I think you could also pile on that some of the guys that they had uh, that they thought would be very quality options uh, in long relief um, from their system have not worked out. Sean Jelly has not gotten results. Tristan Beck has not gotten results. Um, you know, uh, I think that they thought they would have uh, sort of the timber to 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 muddle through times in the schedule when you'd be down in Alex Wood or or uh, you can't run John Brebbia out there every day. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's 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 been it's been tough. Jacob Junis has not had terrific results. He's given up five homers. Um, you know, and then when they've used Rob Stripling and 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 Sean Manaya in various roles, I mean, you could say, well, you know, if you just get them on a schedule, have them pitch every fifth day, maybe, you know, things will start. To, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I think the stuff is the stuff. They're both healthy. They both should be pitching better. They both should be getting results. But they've given up, Stripling and Manaya have given up 17 home runs already this season. I mean, that's, that's, that's just it is wild. It's crazy. And you think, well, well, that's not sustainable. That can't happen. Well, but it's happened. <laughs> and so it, it could happen again. You know, they, they could uh, they could throw the exact duplicate number of innings and give up 17 more. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been tough to watch when when Webb and DeSclafani and Cobb have not been on the mound. Uh, and DeSclafani, I'm talking about when he doesn't like drop pianos on his foot. Um, then, you know, it's it's been it's been difficult to watch from a pitching standpoint. Uh, and, and I'll throw Camilo Duvall and, and, and Tyler Rogers in there as well, because he's having a very nice season. But uh, even though he just did take a loss. Um, yeah, it, it's just the, the pitching depth has not been depthy enough. And, and you're right, the, the free agents that they thought would make an impact, um, aside from Michael Conforto, starting to come around the last few days, um, it really has not made the impact that they hoped. Yeah, that's uh, 55 innings for Manaya and Stripling, and they've allowed 17 home runs. 
that it is wild. It's just wild. Stripling has had these patches before. Uh, when he was traded from the Dodgers to the Blue Jays, he was in a little bit of go for ballitis mode for the Dodgers, and that's one of the reasons they they felt like they could part with him. Uh, Manaya generally not though. I mean, he he's had some home run problems last year, but his command and control this year is just uh, off. It, it's just whacked, and he generally throws strikes. His command has never been great as far as getting the ball where he wants it, but he usually isn't a walk machine like he's been this year. So maybe there's some positive regression to the mean there, but. I just, getting Alex Wood back is huge. Uh, I don't know if they can just keep running Striplin and Mania out there uh, willy-nilly and hope that they, they fix it. So I'm, I'm not a pitching expert, but it, it does stand to reason to me that if you're somebody who trained it, trained all offseason uh, to increase your velocity, to throw harder, and now all of a sudden you're having, and uh, you weren't maybe a plus-plus command guy before, mm-hmm. uh, but you really tried to reinvent yourself, and now you got no command. I mean, that that to me just tells you that maybe he just needs to dial it back. I don't know. It's uh, maybe he just needs to to dial back on on you know trying to light up the radar gun and just just pitch better, just make better pitches. Um, but you know, clearly he's coming off a year where he felt lost. Um, I think the Padres did some some stuff with him that that maybe didn't quite work, and now he's trying to reinvent himself again. And you know that is a process, and, and unfortunately, you hope that you can go through most of that process in the spring. But for these two guys, it just it just didn't work, and they're trying to tinker and find themselves during major league games against major league hitters, and that's not uh, that's not a great place to be. Yeah, you can throw uh, Jacob Junis in there as well. He's added some velocity in the offseason, and he's walking uh, twice as many batters as he did last year. So there might be something to that. I mean, it, but then there's the maybe the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow where they're throwing strikes, throwing the ball where they want to, and it's got a, a couple of miles per hour on it. Like uh, That might be a dream worth chasing, but the results right now are pretty, pretty rough. Uh, Wood coming back is huge. So again, three-fifths of the rotation is, is gangbusters right now. Uh, with Wood coming back, you can have a little bit more hope with that fourth spot. Uh, we're just talking about one spot. That shouldn't be that big of an obstacle for the Giants to overcome. At what point do they start looking toward Kyle Harrison as an option? Well, I mean, yeah, you have one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, uh, pitching fairly well, if not deep into games uh, at mm-hmm. AAA. So I, I, I think at, at some point, uh, they, I mean, I guarantee they're talking about it now. They, they have to at least be talking about it. Um, you know, how what has to happen for them to pull the trigger on it? I, I think it maybe it's it's what's tough is that they don't have a lot of optionability. And we, we've talked about this, yes. too. You know, um, one of the questions I had on my recent mailbag was, who do they have in the minors who can come up and, and pitch and leverage roles in the bullpen? And, uh, you know, I, I think that that John Brebby is going to be OK, even though he's he's gotten hit around a little bit. Early, I think Scott Alexander is going to be okay, even though he's had some uh, rough results early. He's got a 6.08 ERA. Taylor Rogers is is uh, has settled down nicely after a really really bad start. And you know, it, it's not. I mean, I look at the Braves, and the Braves were missing their closer uh, for a good long stretch. And AJ Minter might have been the best setup man in baseball last year, and he is just getting pounded. I mean, he's having a terrible season, and the Braves, you know, were able to kind of weather that because. They had a lot of other good options on their pitching staff, not necessarily to pitch in that leverage role. They kept Minter in that leverage role, but you know they had a lot of ways they could color in the lines around a, a closer problem or, or a leverage relief problem. And the Giants just haven't haven't had that. So um, you know, I, I think that there there are some good signs for this bullpen, but 
I, I, I do think that Kyle Harrison is someone they've got to be at least talking about right now. You know who doesn't have the depth to weather uh, AJ Minter's struggle? Uh, my fantasy team. Come on, AJ. My fantasy team too. Mine yeah. too. Get yeah. it together, AJ. Anytime that I, I talk <laughs> randomly about someone on another team and bring them up on this podcast, <laughs> it probably means I have them on my fantasy team. I kind of picked up on that. That's so funny. I was like, I bet he has them on his fantasy team. Yeah. Um, Can we but- spend the next five minutes talking about where Jose Abreu's power has gone? Uh, because we could talk about that too. That also applies. You know, I I, I wrote uh, this article in the offseason saying, here's how to draft if you're uh, a Giants fan. You don't draft Giants. You know, you draft, and I, this whole thing, and it was basically draft all the Dodgers. If they suck, you get to laugh at them, and, and your fantasy team's bad, but too bad. Well, I did not follow my own advice uh, this year. So I have Mitch Haniger. I have, I mean, just, I have so many giants on my team. I've got Haniger. I've got Jock Peterson. Uh, I've got Casey Schmidt now, which is great. I've got Logan Webb. I've got, and uh, it's kind of uh, stressful to have all those giants on the team. I, d- I need to follow my own advice next year. You know, it's funny. Uh, for a while, I would almost always draft the giants closer because I figured, you know, I, I'm I'm on deadline. I'm writing a deadline gamer, which I don't have to do anymore. I don't write for a newspaper. But, um, you know, you, you always sort of tacitly root for your closer because you don't want to have to rewrite your whole story that you've got 95% done. So I, I figure if I'm rooting for the Giants closer anyway, I might as well have them on my fantasy team. And then it's like, you know, have your have your save and eat it too, I guess. Um, although I guess you have to put some frosting on the save for it to go down easily. But um, uh, so yeah, I, I I would do that. And then 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 came Armando Benitez, and 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 that that never happened again. I haven't done that since. So good, so good. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, I I wonder about this team uh, as far they're only three games out, right? So it's probably too early to panic. But we, do you feel confident in suggesting that they're, the company they're keeping now, where they are uh, one game, a half game above the Rockies, they are tied with the Nationals as far as their team record. Uh, they're a game behind the Reds and. I think they're, yeah, they're right in that grouping of pretty bad teams, right? They're behind the Tigers. Uh, Are the Giants one of those teams? Should they be looking around and and the company that they're keeping is the company they deserve? Well, I thought you wrote an interesting piece when they lost to the Nationals and they lost the season series. And it's like, uh, if you just took the labels off these two teams, would you be able to say one is better than the other? And 
I'm not sure that you could. And I thought, I thought to myself, that's a really good point. Um, you know, at some point you are what your record says you are. I think there was a famous football coach who said that somewhere once. Um, but the Giants have lost series to the Tigers and the Nationals and the Marlins and the Royals. Royals. I mean, it's like you, you can't do that. You know, it's like and expect to be in a better place in the standings. So I, it's almost a wonder to look at the standings and see that they're a game and a half worse than the Padres as we're recording this, which is which says a lot about the Padres too, mm-hmm. uh, as, as much as they had all that swagger in Mexico City. They're, they're sitting there at 19 and 22 and and dealing with the, you know, the, the curse of Kershaw. So, um, yeah, but the Giants are a half game better than the Rockies right now. Um, so, yeah, play better, Giants. <laughs> yeah, I just and a podcast. Uh, yeah, right. It feels like that is the prescription is just play better. And no one wants to hear it. No one wants, you know, if you're a fan and you're devoting uh, two and a half hours per day to this team, you don't want to hear that. Hey, they just need to play better. You want action. You want more Casey Schmitz. You want this guy to go when you fire Farhan and fire Kapler and this and that. And I think the answer is just play better. You know, all the players that we listed off who got a lot of money this offseason, I don't expect all of them to play better, but maybe some of them could. Conforto's been on the mend a little bit. Like maybe Haniger gets going and that's it. That's all I got for you. That's that's all the analysis I have. Play better. I have one for you. Hmm. Mike Yastrzemski. They need hmm. Mike Yastrzemski back playing the kind of baseball that he was before he got hurt because he was looking great. And he's somebody who can help get this offense really going. And that, that to me, has been the missing element. I think every good baseball team that I've watched or covered has different scripts that they can follow to win a game. And they can pitch and bullpen you and win two to one. Or when they need to, they can win nine to eight. You know, And right now, I just don't see this Giants team, maybe a couple games on the south side of Chicago aside, I don't see them being capable of winning nine to eight. I don't see them being able to sustain enough rallies. And that's probably a big time function of, of the strikeouts being just way out of control. But so they can bring back Mikey Stremski, get him going, get Conforto going a little bit. Then maybe they can start to drive in some runs. But right now it's, uh, you know, even with some guys having nice seasons like J.D. Davis, there it just does not seem to me to be a team that's capable of, you know, winning 10 to nine when they have to. Yeah. And I I would go so far as to say, yes, you're right. Uh, Yastrzemski is important. Uh, they need him back. But if there's a sense of just wait until the Giants get healthy, I think you can put that to rest because I, I don't think that they're going to be 100% healthy uh, this season. It's always going to be one hamstring or another. And it's always going to be uh, one arm or another that is on the IL. It's just a team that is a little bit older, a little bit uh, creakier in some ways. And I think you're going to have situations where you need to go a month without Austin Slater and Mikey Stremski. You're going to have a month where you don't have Mitch Hanniger or Michael Conforto. You're going to have a month where you don't have Alex Wood. It's probably something to get used to. And that's going to put the onus more on uh, everyone else uh, around this team, whether it's uh, the guys on the, the end of the bench or the guys at the uh, top of the bullpen. Uh, it's just, it, I don't see this team being 100% healthy at any point this year. 
No, and, and I think you knew that going in. That's why they tried to give themselves lots of different options. And by the way, they do not lead the major leagues in strikeouts anymore. Uh, it is the A's that have struck out two more times, 388. The Mariners have also struck out 388 times. But it does go a long way to explaining how the Giants are you know, right up there in home runs. I mean, the, the Rays have way more home runs than anybody else. And then you got the Dodgers with 68, the Braves with 64, both good teams, the Giants uh, with 62. So they're fourth in the majors in home runs, but they've scored, you know, 50 runs less, fewer than the Dodgers have. And it's just because they're striking out too much. There, there's too many, um, too many strikeouts, not enough base hits, not enough people on base when they hit those home runs. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just a matter of getting more balls in play and, uh, and more, more rallies, more sustained rallies that, that aren't sort of doused by, uh, um, you know, the, the flame retardant blanket of a strikeout, I guess. Um, so wait, I guess you don't douse something with a, whatever, uh, whatever. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll um, go with that. But, Workshop. uh, but yeah, I, so I think that that's, that's a little bit of, of, uh, of everybody. And, you know, at some point I think you have to, to, you know, look at the, the hitting group too. I mean, I, I always hate to say, okay, well it's the coach's fault. I mean, they're not the ones out there playing, but, um, you know what's going on that they're that they're striking out as often as they are. I mean that that shouldn't be happening with these hitters that they acquired. They have some uh, guys who swing for the fences, obviously, and 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 they've got guys who have six and seven homers sprinkled up and down the lineup. But this team should not be striking out the way it is, and something's got to change there. You know, I was about to make a grand point. I, I sorted the National League by batting average, and I was going to make some big point about batting average. Uh, the Giants are hitting 240, and I was like, well, you know, this is why batting average is still important. Except I go down the list. The Dodgers are hitting 229 as a team. 229. They have struck out uh, 18 fewer times than the Giants uh, in one more game. They have a very similar offensive profile to the Giants, except uh, they're hitting more dingers. They're hitting a lot more doubles. They're hitting more triples. Uh, but it's possible to win. If you're hitting for a low average, but you got to have you got to be subsidizing it with something more, a little bit more power with the hits that you are getting, a little bit more speed to be able to stretch those doubles into triples and to to steal the bases at a higher rate. You got to have something. The Giants are they don't have that. They are a a powerful team. They are a team that uh, can threaten the league lead in home runs, but they're missing that just something extra to turn uh, those innings without home runs into successful innings. You know, I, you kind of opened my eyes here. I'm, I'm, I'm comparing and contrasting, and the Dodgers have stolen 24 bases. The Giants have stolen 23. Hmm. Um, you know, like you said, 229 average for the Dodgers. The strikeouts are where they are. They're almost as many as as the Giants, and and their OPS is 772, which is you know no great shakes. Uh, but uh, the OPS plus, the Dodgers are 107. The Giants are 103. It's just yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, it just tells you, and yet runs per game. The Dodgers are scoring one more run per game, full yes. run, five point three seven versus four point three three. So where is that extra run coming from? Because a lot of these stats, like you said, are 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 mirroring up. And 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 the big one that stands out to me is doubles. Uh, Fifty six doubles for the Giants, seventy two uh, for the Dodgers, and and they're out tripling uh, the Giants, eight to two. So yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of it is is just having more dynamism on the bases, which, you know, the Dodgers don't have that up and down the lineup. They do have their share of Max Muncy's as well. But, um, but yeah, I think it's an element that's, uh, that maybe is more important now with, um, 
you know, the shift ban and, and, and all that. So I, I don't know. It, it's um, can the Giants be better in those departments or have they just been kind of unlucky to have not scored more runs than they have to this point? I, I, I guess it's maybe that's something of an open question. I think a, a really underrated component of all this is the team speed, where if it's not Tyro Estrada, it is a, a player who's not going to be taking that extra base, who's not going to be going from first to third, who's not uh, going to be waved in on a single when he's at second base. Uh, the Giants, when it comes to uh, I'm, I'm doing this on the fly, so I apologize for this. But if you rank uh, base runners who score on uh, a batter's play, like a ball put in play, not necessarily a home run, uh, the Giants are almost dead last. The Marlins just are a little bit under them, uh, but they they are almost dead last. And I think that's entirely a function of speed. The team speed is not something that you think about when you're thinking about, oh, why is this team struggling? But I think that that is a huge component of, of why they don't have the beginning, why they aren't able to tack on when they need to. Yeah, if you just look at run scoring percentage, which is you know basically times on base that you score, um, you know the the Dodgers are very good at that. <laughs> they they score thirty five percent of the time that they reach base. Um, the Giants are very not good at that. They are twenty seven percent, which the, only the A's and Marlins are are stranding more run, uh, runners on base. So. Um, yeah, it, it could be situational hitting as well, um, you know, which which is can lead us down a whole rabbit hole of well, what's clutchy and what's not, and, you know, what's uh, you know what's what's going to you know even out in time, and and, and what is actually a, a skill that is difficult to measure. Um, but it's going to take sometimes that extra hit to score uh, a giant space runner, where maybe it won't for some other teams because of that team speed component. So I think you're right, and. Um, you know, it, it's it the, the easiest way to solve that is to bring up like six more Casey Schmitz. They've got him bouncing around the minors, don't they? <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I, how about Tyler Fitzgerald? He looks like somebody all of a sudden that's on the radar screen and someone who could could be uh, in a Giants uniform at some point this season. That he might be the next the next guy up. You know what? I was just writing about him because, uh, yeah, he had last year uh, an interesting season, right? But also the strikeouts were off the charts. He struck out in 32% of his games at Richmond uh, or 32% of his plate appearances. He had 171 strikeouts last year for Richmond, which is a non-starter. You know, you're hitting 229 with 171 strikeouts. Uh, you, you better be hitting to overcome that. And this year he is hitting, but also his strikeout rate has dropped uh, 5%. So he's making gains as he's advancing levels. And yeah, he's he's raking in in Sacramento after raking his way out of Richmond. So he could be someone he's got a little experience at second base. He played uh, 30 games there last year. He played uh, 46 games there the year before. So he might be coming up. Then if you've got Tyler Fitzgerald and Casey Schmidt, you're moving them around. J.D. Davis is already doing his thing and Tyro Estrada is doing his thing. I don't know. Could be something there. Yeah, and we don't talk about him a lot. He was a fourth-round pick in 2019, uh, University of Louisville. Um, you know, a guy who can play all over the infield. Uh, and, and who knows, maybe they'll toss him an outfielder's glove before too long either. I imagine he can probably play out there, um, even though he doesn't have any experience playing out there. Uh, but you're right. it's He's an athlete. You know, he's a guy who was, had a 2020 season in AA uh, last year. And it is it is hard to hit 20 homers for Richmond. So, um you know, I, I think that uh, it was a matter of, of making more contact and reducing those strikeouts, which which he is now doing. And, you know, we know that PCL numbers to some extent are, you know, you have to kind of put them through a Google Translate to figure out what they mean. <laughs> um, but but the fact that he is making consistent contact 
Um, you know, he, he has not drawn a walk uh, yet uh, for Sacramento. He's only played in 11 games. But, um, but yeah, he's certainly hitting the ball and hitting it authoritatively, which is a good way to get noticed. Yeah, I, I feel like there are paths for the Giants to uh, improve from within a little bit, whether it is uh, Keaton Wynn, who's already on the 40-man roster. He's looked good. Um, Patrick Bailey hasn't done so hot moving up to, to Sacramento, but you know his defensive profile should still play. He would complement Joey Bart uh, with the righty-lefty uh, options off the uh, four Gabe Kapler. Um, an interesting one for me is I, Luis Matos is hot. Uh, he is hot in Richmond, and he's hitting 300 now. He's got more walks than strikeouts. He could be someone who could give the Giants a jolt. Uh, he's on the 40-man roster. Uh, he can play center field probably about as well as Bryce Johnson, but he'll get you know a little bit more pizzazz, a little bit more excitement uh, for a team that's sorely lacking excitement right now. Uh, I, I think he might be an option coming up soon. Yeah, and you know, then they do have ways that they can improve with the current roster. I think you know Yastrzemski being probably the biggest uh, the biggest key. Um, I. I just don't know if you know what if what if Brandon Crawford has uh, one more sort of I guess dead cat bounce in him. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's possible he had one before. So, yep. um, you know, I, I got a, a Twitter message from someone, and I try not to be on Twitter very much anymore. But um, you know, you, you check your mentions from time to time, and and uh, the, the person was like, "We need someone like uh, Grant Brisby or Andrew Baggerly to really bring the heat on Farhan now," and it's like. I don't know. It's I feel like we've we've been I feel like we've been fair. I feel like we've written critically uh, and objectively about the ways that this team has come up short. Um, I, I think we've also maybe uh, acknowledged that you know the season's barely a quarter of the way over, and there's you know some things will improve, and you can't really know exactly what you you're holding until you get a little deeper in the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I think it's it's very very fair to acknowledge that right now the Giants are absolutely whiffing on free agency based on the results to this point. It doesn't mean that those results are going to hold all year long. But I don't know. I just get weary of of the people who are like, you have to you know call for heads to roll. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't think that's really our place to do that. But um, you know, to this point, it's it's been a, a disappointing season, and they're not absolutely buried. Um, that's, you know, probably a good thing. Um, and I, I don't know if I would, you know, say that I would feel very confident that they're going to be a playoff team at this point, but, um, I don't know. I just, it just, to me, it, it's a little bit wearying to everyone wants to, wants to, you know, write the obit before the body's even, you know, while the body's still warm. So I don't know. Let's, let's just watch some baseball. Maybe it'll get better. Yeah. I, I wrote, um, a couple weeks ago that, about the Giants lack of homegrown talent over the last few years and, uh, I wrote about how much the Giants have got, how much production they've they've gotten out of free agency, and how that just doesn't happen usually, and and how they've been more successful at free agency than most teams. And someone actually messaged me and said, you know, my goodness, that actually changed my opinion on Farhan. I think he's he's better than I've been giving him credit for because he's been doing this all on the fly, and he's been picking right with the free agents and this year obviously it's not working out quite that way but this is the the kind of the crossroads right now this is when you should see if this front office is 
the front office that's going to get the Giants back to the World Series because this is when they're going to start to fold in prospects. This is when they're going to fold in their prospects. This is when you get a Casey Schmidt. This is when you start to get these pitchers who come up like Heat and Win. This is when you're really going to figure out if this is the front office for the foreseeable future. Uh, we just, there hasn't been a lot of time. And I know people say, oh, it's been five years. You know, it's been five years. It, not really in, in A, uh, not really. And then B, well, sometimes it takes five years to get that pipeline going, to get that conveyor belt of prospects and young players going. Uh, I I think now is when it, it's going to be a very revealing season, but I just don't think anything has been revealed yet. I think it's way too premature. And people say, well, it's been five years. Yeah. You know what? The first, the Giants were supposed to be lousy in 2019. They were supposed to be close to 100 losses. Uh, they were contending until the last pitch of 2020. 2021, pretty good. Uh, 2022, 500. I mean, it's not as if this entire time, these five years have been a debacle. There's been a lot of success mixed in, but now is the crossroads where you're going to start to see the actual vision for what this team can be for better or for worse. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good perspective. And, and you know, it, it's all of the stuff that we've seen with the roster, uh, it, all of the moving of deck chairs, you know, it's been to try to make the team have the, at least be somewhat competitive, have a chance. You know, they the Giants do not want to enter a season having no chance and tearing down that they just didn't feel as an organization that their fans really would tolerate that. And, um, you know, you could be a Giants fan, you know, standing there, you know, holding up your hand in the back of the room saying, no, 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 I, I would have been fine with that. I want to see all the kids and let them lose 100 games. And that's fine. You know, there are different perspectives, but I think, you know, their their market research is that on the whole, it would not be something that, uh, that they felt their fans would tolerate. And um, so... You know, there's been a lot of shuffling of, of deck chairs and trying to, you know, trying to hit on enough free agents and, and, and you know, playing all of the, the short term gambits, uh, not locking yourself into players at different positions that you're going to be stuck with, um, you know, signing players to contracts where if they don't, you know, work out, then, you know, goodbye, Tommy LaStella and thanks for the little red machine. Um, but you know, it's and it they got a 107 win season uh, mixed in there. And granted, it wasn't sustainable and it was a little bit of a sand painting, but they still that was a highly enjoyable season. So, you know, they found a way to be somewhat entertaining. Um, and, and but you get to this stage and it's like, OK, you know, and, and you look around I, I, again, I keep flashing back to that crowd in Mexico City with people wearing Machado jerseys and Soto jerseys and Jake Cronenworth jerseys and, and Tatis jerseys. And then the Giants fans were wearing Posey jerseys. You know, it's, it's just, <laughs> you, you need to have, um, you need to have players that, that I think these fans can connect to. And, you know, maybe Casey Schmidt is a start, but that's, that's where it's got to come from. All the time that we've spent discussing all the things they've done to the major league roster, the real work has been going on on the farm system. And that's really going to be, uh, the litmus test for just how successful this front office is. And, um, you know, it's it's got to start trickling in this year. I think by the end of this year, no matter where they are record-wise, it'll be a success if they can have, if they can say they've established three players as big leaguers who weren't big leaguers at the start of the year. That would be, I think, a successful season. Luis Matos, four for four yesterday with a home run. I'm telling you, home run and a walk, Luis Matos. You heard it here first. He and Luciano went back to back the other day. That's that's pretty exciting. Yes. All right. This has been. See, we're ending on a positive. We did it. We got through a half an hour of a podcast, uh, and we somehow managed to end it on a on a positive note. Uh, hooray for us! Yay! Two hundred and thirty. Thank you, Tyro. 
All right, this has been episode 230 of the Bags of Brisby podcast. We will be back next week, uh, hopefully to talk about some wins and fun stuff. Uh, We'll see you then. Thanks for listening.